How's it going, everybody? Hope everyone's having a fantastic day. And you know what time it is. I invite you to pull up a chair, sit back, and relax, and welcome you to Season 2, Episode 14 of the Spima Council Podcast. Uh, we are well into the term as we speak. Um, cur- uh, I, again, I don't like the pre episodes, but uh, it's currently snowing like crazy outside. So uh, my, 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 hand, my hands are a little cold, maybe suffering from premature fr- frostbite, but worry about that later because uh, we got a wonderful episode uh, going on. <laughs> um, joining us now is another one of our, is another one of Council's uh, first year, first year reps. Um, from Ottawa, Ontario, please welcome Patrick Byrne to the podcast. And Burnsy, uh, I know you wanted to be on the on on the show for a while, so uh, it's great to finally have you on as a co-host, mate. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, when I saw the invite, I was ecstatic and I was ready to go. Um, but no, for sure, thanks for having me, and uh, you have a great podcast lined up here. Any uh, any any uh, you said you were fired up. So any special uh, pregame pre uh, pregame pregame meal that you indulged in before this oh, before episode? Pre-game, not really, not right now, man. Uh, usually, little like, five hour energy. Oh, little five hour, little Red Bull. <laughs> My, uh, uh, for sure, you know, just crush a Red Bull and a Monster, just quick things like. But no, nah, nothing, nothing too intense. But I got I got work right after this, so I gotta keep it. I gotta keep it under control. Oh my god, busy, busy person, busy person. Does oh, yeah. a podcast, then, uh, then, uh, then, uh, then, uh, then off to get, off to get that paycheck. Oh yeah, Jeez. oh yeah, for sure. You gotta get the bank. But um, I mean, if I, you telling me I'm busy, I mean the the host we had today, Patria, her her schedule, her workload puts into perspective. Yeah. Like really, I I complain that I'm busy and stuff, but really, it's nothing. Yeah. So I mean. Doing. Yeah, so like you know, I, I guess we you know we want we can tra- we can transition into the guest that we had on. We had on Fitrio Mohammed, who is the founder of the Muslim Women's Summer Basketball League in Toronto. In Toronto, and you know if your if her name is recognizable, then you may have seen her on the front page of the Toronto Star. You may have seen her in an article on CBC, or you may have seen her on uh, on Nike's social media channels. And she is a uh, master's student student from uh from uh in this in the sprock sport management program as uh, as well so patrick just honestly first impressions of the episode other than the fact that she is doing unbelievable things with this league and it's barely a year old mm-hmm. so yeah so as you mentioned her story is very inspiring as you mentioned she's starting up the muslim women's summer basketball league uh, in toronto and uh, first impressions, I mean, geez, just the commitment that she's put into it, the work that she's put into it is really admirable. Oh, and yeah. um, honestly, I, I hope to see the league grow and I hope to see like, you know, in 10 years that, uh, you know, maybe we're streaming that or televising it on a mainstream uh, site. Or, yeah, de- definitely, definitely. Hopefully like- it grows into something good. Yeah. Yeah. And me, and, 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 you know, um, in terms, in terms of main, in terms of mainstream mainstream, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping that I'm kind of hoping that, uh, once they get that, uh, you know, when they have, a, when they have a nice base of teams, they could, uh, they could, they could maybe live stream their live stream their games on live stream their games their games on Twitch. Uh, that's uh, may, that's that's some, that's an, a strategy that some of the leagues 
yeah. some leagues have been doing, such as the National Women's Ho- National Women's Hockey League for their mm-hmm. for their bubble environment. So uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, there's some there could, there can be some form of televised games for you know for this for this league for this league in the future. But you know, other you know, other than her than her league than her league story and all the nor- notoriety that that she that she's that she's gotten that she's gotten which will be detailed in the episode you know just her story of how she came to canada really puts things in perspective and really you know made you know really made me re- made made me reflect you know mm-hmm. you know it, you know it, uh we i think this i believe this is the first time that we have had um a guest who was immigrated to the country and you know uh, her sharing, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the challenges that she had, such as just understanding the English language, like none of us think about that, but, you know, when, you know, when you stop and reflect, you realize just, you know, how, cra- you know, how crazy that, uh, you know, uh, how, you know, how hard she's, she, she's worked to get to, to where she is just, you know, by those, just by over, overcoming overcoming those simple things, it really again puts things into perspective, eh? Yeah, well, of course, the cultural shock that she must have experienced when she came to Canada at uh, ten years old, right? But like she said, she adjusted well, and um, she, as you'll see in the podcast, she mentions that sport really was that universal thing that uh, she was able to express herself through, and was able to kind of um, it helped her adjust, made that adjustment easier to the Canadian culture. Uh, when she first immigrated, which, I mean, I think we can all agree with that. Uh, sports, whether it's hockey, basketball, it's always been a, a place where everyone can feel uh, a part of a community and together, right? It's no, there's no individuals, there's no uh, exclusiveness, I guess you could say. Yeah, de- definitely, de- definitely, definitely. And, and it's, and, you know, and, and, and again, like all of the, all, all of, all of, all of uh, her journey from getting to Canada to, you know, being to, uh, to getting all that notoriety from Nike. It's a incredible story, which, you know, I hope all, all everyone listening to this podcast will, uh, will, will hopefully, will hopefully tune in and, and appreciate, but, you know, before we go, before we uh, send it over uh, to Fitria, uh, Patrick, any final thoughts before, uh, before, before we sign off here? Uh, not much. Just hopefully you enjoy the podcast. Really take it in. She, Patria, is a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of experience that I think anyone listening to the podcast can learn from. But um, besides that, I hope Will, you have a good day. Hope our listeners have a marvelous day, and uh, take it easy. Eh? Yeah. All right. Let's send over to Fitria Mohammed from the Toronto Muslim Women's Summer Basketball League. We hope you. We hope all of you enjoy. Cheers, folks. All right, for episode 14 of the SPEMA Council podcast, we have a very, very accomplished guest uh, on the show today. And accomplished is, uh, it's putting it lightly, to be, uh, to be completely honest. A uh, current SPEMA master's student here at Brock University and the founder of the Muslim Women's Summer Basketball League based out of Toronto. And she's got uh, some attention from the Toronto Star and Nike as well. Not a big deal. Please welcome <laughs> Fitria Mohammed to the show. How's it going? Well, thank you so much uh, for having me. And I wouldn't say accomplished yet, but definitely in the process. So, but thank you for uh, the great intro. I am doing wonderful. How are you guys doing? 
Doing good. Doing good uh, with all, th- all things all things considering. Uh, I don't I don't like to predate recordings, but uh, it's current. It's currently snowing. Uh, currently snowing uh, a lot a lot here. So um, just uh, had a grocery run before this, and had to and had to walk and had to walk through the snow just to get to the bus and back. So uh, hands are a little chilly, but uh, we'll pull we'll pull we'll pull through it. Uh, Burnsy, how are you? I'm good. I'm marvelous, actually. You might say. Uh, I'm up in Ottawa right now, so we've had the snow for a while. Well, you on the beds right now? No, no, yeah. Well, I'm. I'm just. I'm just in. Uh, I'm just in. I'm just in. Uh, uh, my uh, my house. My uh, house in St. Catherine. So uh, oh, okay. I'm down here chilling and uh, uh, excited to record this podcast. Um, on to uh, the de facto first word of the show, uh, Fitria. What makes your story unique? Mm, great question. Um, what makes my story unique? Uh, I guess I'll just start off how my journey began um, in the sport world and just my life in Canada. Uh, but when I first came to Canada at around the age of ten, I got introduced to uh, sports and like literally education. I never went to uh, school when I was in Oromia, Ethiopia, and um, sport became a way for me to adapt to the Canadian culture. And um, yeah, like, although I didn't, I feel like English was definitely a big barrier for me because um, starting school and just trying to understand what the teachers were saying. And um, I don't know, it was, it's definitely a challenge. So the sport aspect, aspect allowed me to be integrated into the, uh, the school community and um, just learn more um, beside like sitting in a classroom and not understand what's actually going on. Um, I feel like in, in gym class was like a way for me to express my freedom and just run around and enjoy myself with the girls. And from there, um, um, yeah, so I feel like that's how I discovered different um, qualities about myself. And when I got to um, high school, I just fell in love with basketball. Um, shout out to my high school coach that encouraged me to uh, participate in in his sports and um, because I guess like why um, I, I'm not sure if the boys team I don't think you guys go through this but for girls um, you have to have enough girls to make the teams or um, the teams don't happen like girls basketball teams or girls sports don't happen if they don't have enough girls so my coach was that coach that was like forcing all the girls to just try out so he could actually coach the teams because he didn't want the coach the sport to just disappear um, he like I feel like him playing sports and he knows the value that adds to the school spirit and you know to the community um, yeah I would definitely say I was forced into like trying out for the team because I didn't think my skills were like at the top because I just got introduced to a sport in elementary so when I got to high school you know what I guess like why not like just teach us sports in me like I'll just try it out and then yeah just like my my love for the sport grew um, I decided to commit to it outside of my high school um, and from there in high school, I, I guess like I was truly involved in so many aspects of, of sports in high school. And that's that's how I kind of knew I wanted to start up um, or just get into a sport world. And I was debating like, is it kinesiology or sport management? And then I'm glad I chose the sport management path. Um, when I graduated in 2019, yes, I am do- currently doing my master's, but I guess I kind of got the confidence to um, start up something for uh, Muslim women uh, because growing up I never saw others that look like me to uh, to I guess be inspired by but uh, specifically basketball the culture of it allowed me to 
um, I guess resonate with other girls that look like me, but in terms of my Islamic identity, I felt like that was missing. And for that reason, I wanted to contribute to this community and um, also uh, encourage and inspire and empower the next generation of women and also specifically Muslim women to participate in sports. And, um, you know, if, if basketball is what it is, I'm here for them. That's what the league is about. And yeah, I'm excited to talk more about that. So that's, that's in short. Um, that's, I feel like I hope that uh, shows the quality in my uniqueness, but that's what I'm all about. No, that's I like I that's that's quite that's quite the quite that's quite the story. Just just the begin just the beginning part really uh re, you know really really puts really puts into perspective. Um, I don't I I think this I think this is the first time that we've had someone on the podcast who's actually immigrated to mm. to can to Canada. So you know, shedding light on you know the, those barriers you know where you know people like us like we don't even think of it like you mm. know like just like just trying to understand a, la- a language right when you right. right when you right when you come in and start is sort of is sort of like a trial by is sort of like a is sort of like a trial by fire but you know i think you know you you realize that you know as you go through sports are sort of like a, sort of like a hidden sort of like a hidden blessing there's no there's there's sort of like a there's a universal language there's sort of a universal language to it and you know it doesn't matter which sport you connect to for you it was basketball but whatever sport you connect whatever sport you connect to it's gonna it's gonna develop it's gonna develop meaning and it's gonna develop uh it's gonna develop passion which i imagine all our listeners uh which i imagine most of our listeners have in a certain in a, in a certain sport basketball or not mm-hmm. i agree i agree well, of course the uh the culture shock i guess is like one term that you could just kind of relate that to the culture shock that you had to uh deal with and adjust to when you came to canada would have been crazy but uh, mm-hmm. obviously you're adjusting well and you're successful as far as i'd be concerned as far as i wasn't should be concerned you've been quite successful in your journey uh mm-hmm. talking about culture shocks and kind of the learning curve um currently you're just being a master student as mentioned uh following your undergrad what has that experience been like, especially this year with the online format? Um, mm. Time to adjust. Um, great question. Um, I feel like I was more stressed for my students, my first year uh, students, than I was for myself. Uh, because first year it was truly hard for me when I got into SPEMA. So on top of that, now they have to deal with a whole online system that's they never, you know, mentally prepared themselves with. So um, for me personally, uh, I was already done with my master's courses. I'm not sure if you guys understand or know how the master's system works, but first year you have to take courses that's gonna prepare you for um, your qualitative research or quality, whichever path you're going or your research is based on. But so first year I already did my courses, like there's a required courses that you have to take before you could actually start doing your research. So I was luckily done with the courses. So I didn't have to stress about um, you know, like presenting online or physically being online. Um, but I was just working on my supervisor, just sending documents back and forth. Um, I guess the challenge would definitely be like doing everything from home. I honestly don't like that. I like to time myself um, by going to different environments and completing tasks. So like I'll go to the library, work for like on my thesis specific for like three hours and then um, go home and just rest and do other things that I need to do. So yeah, I just don't like the fact that I have to be in one environment and complete different tasks. So that's definitely been a challenge. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I feel like I've been slow because of it. Um, but we never know. Hopefully this goes on away quickly. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're plant. Well, 
they're, you know, what, what's been said is that they're planning for, you know, hopefully this is, hopefully this will be uh, over and over and done, over and done with uh, by <laughs> fall 2021 fingers crossed, knock on wood, yeah. knock on wood, whatever. But, you know, it's, it, it, you know, I mean, you know, like especially from, you know, from a master's student standpoint, you know, the, the research part sort of thrives on, you know, on, in, on in-person, on in-person interaction. And I mean, I imagine that it's a little, it's a little trickier when you, ha- when you have it over, when you have it over Zoom, because, you know, although, Although Zoom's an all right, an all right soft, an all right software, you know, you don't, you don't get the nuances and uh, and and stuff like that from a typical uh, in-person interaction. As as does as does as does everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. So uh, going to back to uh, your to, uh, your passion for basketball. Um, you know, there, there, there is, there's a lot of stories about industry, industry pros, uh, fall under passion in sports and, you know, uh, start, starting in 2015, uh, you were a sports instructor, instructor and uh, camp counselor, uh, at a variety of Toronto based, uh, community facilities. Uh, was that where you realized, you know, your passion for sport could become a profession or, you know, did that stir from something else? Mm, great question. Um, I want to say, uh, from positions that I held, more so from the spaces I was in, I noticed that um, my community was missing. And um, I guess like me being involved in high school, like literally as a uh, student council sports coordinator or um, yearbook club as a sports director, just like all these things that I was putting on and being as part of throughout high school, uh, I guess kind of give me the confidence that, hey, like I could actually do this as a career because I actually love what I'm doing. Um, and then, as I mentioned, like I was debating between kin and sport management. So in my gut feelings, I kind of knew that, like, you know, I definitely want to pursue something within, within the sport world. And my coaches and, you know, for the people that I was working with throughout high school, they're like, yeah, I see you working at the Raptors games, like keeping score for DeRozan. Like, I'm like, what's stop this? So they're just like gassing me up and stuff. But um, like, I don't know. I just it's one of those things other people believed in me and then um in my in my gut feelings I kind of knew that like I wanted to be in the sport world not even from like the playing aspect because uh, my mother prioritized education truly and um she wasn't understanding of like the career path that I was taking I was planning on taking because like a black Muslim woman like that's not a usual you know industry that you see like it's not it's not a traditional uh, career path so um she wasn't supportive at the beginning I'm definitely gonna like say that but um yeah, so it's experiences that I was uh, part of, not specifically that sport instructor position, but I just wanted to involve myself within those areas and how can I be an asset, but also uh, bring my identity into that, you know, that, that community to uh, inspire the next generations of individuals that look like me. Um, yeah, in short, it's just literally where I was involved in. I noticed like I could, I, could, I see myself doing this, but um, and when I entered into a SPEMA, like I did have the imposter syndrome, like, oh, do I really belong here? Like, is this really my field? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just, I just did my schoolwork and volunteer where I could to, you know, um, I guess volunteer as much as I could to get the valuable experience and put in my resume. I'm sure they highlighted volunteer so many times in SPEMA already. That was something that stuck out to me, like volunteer as much as you can. And yeah, from there, um, I would say um, I am where I am. So 
if you're not volunteering, please volunteer, listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah de- definitely. And, you know, you make a good point about impo- imposter syndrome. Like, I'm like, mm. you know, I, 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 I'm not sure where everyone, where everyone else is at on this position. But, you know, like, mm. e- e- like even though I, w- I came into the program heavily involved in sport like mm. like three sport athlete like three sport athlete use usually um cro- like uh cross country running uh hockey and uh and and and, lac- and you know and and lacrosse like i i have to admit just just coming into like the first couple of classes and you know seeing like hundreds of people just sitting down it was sort of like uh sort of a uh sort sort of sort of a surreal moment sort of like a okay so 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 this is what the class environment's gonna be like right so (laughs) so you know and 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 and, you know just just figure it just figure it just you know answering the question like if you do like if you do belong you know that that unfortunately you know that unfortunately that unfortunately take that unfortunately takes time and you know i i i think the i think uh uh, Patrick, you and your fellow first years, you can relate to him. You can relate to it uh, even more than e- even more than we did with you know with the online format. But right. you know, it's but when you know when you start to meet a couple people that you know you have that you know you have so, you have something you have something in common when you start to at least start to do any sort of volunteer worker industry experience no matter how small it is it doesn't have to be for it doesn't have to be for a big company you know your comp your comp your confidence grows then you're able to build a network and then those people uh start start to start to have start to have faith start to have faith faith in faith in you and you know before you know it uh you before you know it ideally you you're, you're probably going to have a couple a couple of uh, a couple of uh, th- areas that you know you're passionate about and you and you want to work in and so you know it may seem like a long journey but it's just that if you know if you're if you're if you're committed to the process if you're committed to at least doing at least doing well and you know mm-hmm. keeping a keeping a growth mind keeping a growth mindset at all times then you know the, the sky's the, the limit for people in this program it's uh, funny that you say like, you know, like first years, I think, yes, we can relate to that whole imposter syndrome. But I think uh, luckily, because of the work of people like Katria and uh, the sports world diversifying, it's becoming mm-hmm. more of an inclusive in- industry and area. So yes, there's some of that syndrome still there, but it's slowly starting to go away as the uh, industry becomes more, becomes more diverse. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we love those transitions into the next questions. This isn't the best one, but uh, here's question four for you. It's... Uh, the big thing on your plate right now, obviously, is the Muslim Women's Summer Basketball League. Uh, yeah. Why did you decide that this was the right time uh, back in February 2020, I guess? Why that was the best time to begin the league? And what have you, uh, what have been some unique opportunities and challenges you faced um, through this uh, project of yours? Mm, great question, as usual. Um, so I guess why and how did I get the goal to actually start up the league? Um, I'm just going to put out there the importance of writing something down um, and hoping to accomplish. Um, it's something that even like getting into uh, SPIMA uh, at Brock University, literally I wrote it down and when I was in grade 11, I'm like, ooh, like this is a potential school I could attend. I wrote it down. Um, and uh, I had like starting up a basketball league on my list of bucket leagues to do. Like I literally had it down uh, like a few years. So I was just reflecting on my journal that I written all these things down. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, and then, 
I, so anyways, I just want to point that out, like literally write something down. Like, it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, just write it down because your mind, you're training your mind, like your mind is, is truly powerful and you're not even going to realize it, but you're actually, it's something that you're working towards it without you even realizing it. So I just want to put that out there. And then, but how did I get the goal? Um, uh, I've been saying this so many times, like I wrote it down, but once I got my bachelor's degree in 2019, I felt like I was confident enough to actually invest in this now. And but I did have people around me saying that, hey, you're also doing your master's. So like, I don't think you should start up this project because it's huge, you know? And me, I'm like, I just, I've always had busy schedule. I'm like, you know what? Like, let's see. Like, um, so I, is this, there's a lot, like master's alone is a different journey. It's like a whole entrepreneur journey, literally. So um, I was hesitant, um, but when I applied for the city of Toronto grant, and so this is how I kind of gave myself the goal. If I get this grant, it's meant to be. If it's not, like, it's okay. I'll wait until, when my, until I finish my master's, and then I'll start it up. Um, and then in December of 2019, literally like 31st, like December 31st, I got an email saying, congratulations, uh, you got the grant for the city of Toronto, da, 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 went yeah. on. Um, had, I know, right? They had to make you wait till the last day? Literally Please. last day. I'm like, anyway, so I'm like, this is hilarious. Um, but it was, I don't know, in a way I kind of knew I was going to get it because when I went to the workshop, everyone was just like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Like this is needed. They're just excited about the project. So I'm like, ooh, so like, um, so I don't know. I didn't expect them to take that long to respond back. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe it wasn't meant to be. But so December 31st came and they, I, I'm like, I got so excited. I was screaming. <laughs> I was like, no, this is insane. Um, so I was like, wow. So it's actually meant to be, this is God speaking to me that like I could, you know, I could manage it. And um, yeah, and then when I went on, like I was ready to um, contact the individuals that I had, you know, in mind in terms of like logo creation and just um, getting the individuals that I wanted to get on board. And I like, in terms of, I already spoke to them, like, hey, this is what's up. If I get the grant, like, just so you know, you're like, yeah, they were, the fact that they were already there was definitely like um, a motivation to keep it going. Um, so in terms of like, when did I know? <laughs> That's how I knew. Um, I want to put that out there. Um, and what was the second part? Uh, just any like unique challenges or experiences that um, this project has brought to you? Mm, um, I think in terms of challenges, literally um, doing these two entrepreneurial projects at the same time, like my master's and uh, my uh, the league is definitely, it's there's so much work I want to put into the league and there's just so many contexts I want to put out to inspire the next generations and even like taking advantage of uh, COVID, uh, we were able to um, start up like a series uh, to inspire the next generations of hoopers around the globe. So like it's called Muspel Series, Hoopers Around the Globe. And we're able to highlight Muslim female athletes in different parts of the world and um, and just show these communities around the world, hey, there's this female Muslim athlete that you didn't know about, get inspired by her. So just like so many things that I wanna do with the league but due to time, I definitely like there are days you just don't want to do anything. Um, and and I definitely want to make sure my master's work is um, I put the quality that it deserves into. Um, so I, in terms of challenge, I would say that's definitely been a challenge, just trying to balance the two. And on top of that, just like, um, you know, doing like uh, like the league has had like a lot of media attention. And so there's just a lot of people that want to. Um, contribute to contribute to the conversation that they've been having on their platform so I think managing all this uh, on top of being a student and yeah it's been a challenge but I'm truly grateful for because um, you got to do these type of things to prepare yourself for the 
uh, for the next aspect and next journey and just the next step of your life. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I love your, I love your, um, your commitment to just embrace, to just embracing the process, you know, mm. sure. Sure. It's an, sure. It's a new experience. You've never done it before, but you know, as the old, uh, you know, as the old saying goes, just got to throw yourself and throw yourself into the fire and see, and see, and see what, ha- and see what happens. And, you know, and, you know, so far it's so far in, from, uh, the, from the looks of things, it's, it's worked, it's worked out, it's worked out quite well. So, uh, fair play to you for, uh, for, for, for not only balancing a master's schedule, but, uh, but running, but running, uh, but, you know, running a league as well. And, you know, with, and, you know, with that, with, with, with the grind comes, uh, uh, came a lot of accomplishments for you, especially recently, as we alluded to in, into the beginning, front page of the Toronto Star, a feature article on CBC, and, uh, and a ton of social media recognition, along with a video feature from Nike, not a big deal. Um, what does this say about uh, mainstream media uh, mainstream media outlets such as the Star, CBC, Nike, uh, recognizing the importance of uh, diverse sport entities. Mm, I love it. Questions are great questions. Uh, um, truly, I'm honestly grateful for all the opportunities, and I'm just glad that um, there. I don't want to say I'm the source because there have been other individuals that have been doing the work, um, and. Um, I want to say I've been doing like, I don't like, to be honest, I don't like attention, <laughs> but sometimes you got to be in the center of attention to, to voice uh, and advocate, you know, just let others hear what you're advocating for. Um, so the fact that like it, they're you, I guess they actually, they went to the source to get um, the information from rather than someone that uh, doesn't have um like they're not actually serious about the work that they're doing. I'm not throwing shit at anybody, but uh, what I'm saying is, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to put this in the simplest way possible, but I'm just glad they went to the source to actually uh, voice what I'm talking about because I feel like the media has portrayed um, Islam, the religion of Islam as being this negative, oppressing and terrorist, you know, religion. And that's not what the religion is all about. So the fact that they they came to me and asked me, hey, um, we believe in what you're doing and we believe in your narrative and we would like to showcase what you're about and the story that you're trying to tell and the narrative that you're trying to change. And um, I was truly happy, like Nike, that was like, I didn't even, um, I don't know, that was like my, my voice being narrated on like, in the video um it was it was truly amazing and uh i don't know like i'm just glad nike is always willing to take risks and the fact that they're willing to take risks on me and um just share my perspective you know and from an actual religious practicing person so um i'm truly uh, like grateful and the media like i feel like the media i'm not i'm not talking particularly about the media that i'm part of but the like I said, they haven't been um, amazing. Just telling the story of Islam and Muslim is always negative thing that has been in the media about Muslim people. And um, finally, you know, these Muslim individuals, practices around the globe could see this positive influence, you know, and the next generation of female athletes have other individuals around the globe that they could search up and reach out to if they want advice on how to go about certain challenges they're going about. And on top of that, like, I'm just glad um, the sport industry is finally, in a way, waking up. Like, how can we actually include 
um, diverse groups? You know, how can we include um, minorities and how can we include Muslim female athletes without um, putting them in a position to choose between their faith and their sport? You know, that shouldn't be what's about sport is for all. Like, what are you really saying? You know, so uh, I'm just glad, like, you know, the stories are out there. Um, and, you know, if someone is looking for information in terms of like, just how can you support Muslim female athletes? I'm, I'm out here. That's I'm, I'm in the media. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad. I'm just glad. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it was, you know, it was not, you know, it was nice that, uh, that, you know, like most of the, out, most of the outlets like Nike, 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 Nike included, you know, they're, they personify, you know, risk, risk, risk taking. And I mean, the, the cat, you know, the cat, the, uh, the Colin Kaepernick uh, believe something, even if it means sacrificing everything ad is a prime, is a prime example, is a prime example of it. But, you know, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with the way that they, that they, um, that they were able to profile yourself and, and your league, it was, it, it seemed, it seemed like a complete, it seemed like a complete picture. You know, it wasn't mm. just, it wasn't just a, you know, it wasn't just, you know, your typical story. It wasn't just a summary. They, right. you know, they went, they went in, they went in, they went in, they went in depth. They wanted to tell something. They wanted to tell something mean, meaningful, something that had impact right. because I think, because, you know, I think that's, that's what you're, that's what you're league is uh is is you know is trying to do and you know when you're getting that that pot that you know that positive attention from from all from all the from all those uh from all those from all those outlets it really is a nice contrast considering mm -hmm. uh considering the stories the unfortunate stories that we have heard in right. uh, in current media over uh, over the over the past year absolutely well, one of the medias that actually is portraying that positive image of Islam and Muslim uh, people around the world is your own, uh, the MWSBLs. That's a, a mouthful, but the MWSBL social media page of, you mentioned it before, you have your hijab hoopers around the globe featured. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. You know, the uh, profiles, quotes. Um, so basically the question about this is, other than giving these individuals the proper visibility that they deserve, um, are you trying to create role models for future female ball players or mm -hmm. like to look up to, to put uh, model after, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. And then I feel like in short, I just want like uh, Muspel, like Muspel is what it is, like Muspel. Okay. So it actually stands for, no, like, no, it's not, even I was struggling, I'm just like, how can we pronounce this in a way that's catchy and simple? So you don't have to say the whole name the whole time. So it's just Muspel, Muspel, and it actually stands for Muslim Winter Basketball League, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, thank you so much uh, for the question, Patrick. Um, yeah, absolutely. I feel like um, uh, there's definitely a lack of role models in terms like for Muslim female athletes to pursue different sports. Um, that's why I decided to do uh, the Hijabi Hoopers Around the Globe series to inspire, um, whether that's individuals from Toronto, hey, like look at all these female athletes, you know, around the world that are actually playing basketball too. And since the since Mosbill is basketball oriented, I wanted to highlight basketball or female hoopers you know specifically but um also Ajabi Ballers are a, another great organization that is that's in Toronto um they're actually a Muslim community partner and the Ajabi Ballers is all about uh, showcasing athletes like all like they're multi-sport so that's the beauty of Ajabi Ballers but Muslim is just like basketball oriented um so yeah definitely um the goal is to create role models and the beauty of social media nowadays is what you see is what you think you could achieve or you, what you could representation, you know, representation is truly important. Um, so that's, um, that's the hope with like with that Instagram 
um, contents right now. So just like literally like role models, um, show them on our page. So anyone that goes on there could be inspired and, you know, see how they could change their organization to also include other individuals that may feel excluded um, from their organization. Yeah, de yeah, definitely. And, you know, with, you know, with regard, with regards to represent, with regards to representation there, you know, there, uh, you know, there's, um, it, you know, for people, it, you know, it's easier, like, in my opinion, it's easier to do something when, you know, you see a figure that either, you know, looks like you or, you know, has the same, uh, has, you know, has the same like quote like uh, qualities and you know passions as 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 you as as you as you as uh, you know as you know you do and you know you know when you're giving that when you're giving that visit when you're given that visibility you know it almost it almost gives like a hidden you know almost gives like a hidden layer of hope and passion uh, to these to to the to these young Muslim girls uh, and you know when they see when they see that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be saying I I want to do I want to do I want to do that I want I want to play basketball and you know right and you know right there boom you've got say say not even like say I say five people uh, are inspired by one one athlete and and boom you got like five potential customers that that might that might want to play in your in your in your league in your league down in your league down the line so mm -hmm. you know having those having those faces out there is you know is is you know still is you know so important especially uh, as you know the as the industry continues to uh, to to uh, improve, um, in being, in being a more inclusive space for, um, for, uh, for, 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 uh, for the BIPOC community. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, but also I wanted to point out, um, obviously the sport industry is truly growing from playing and, you know, from, um, just the business aspect as well. And the league is specifically nonprofit because, um, because not everyone has the money to actually pay for, you know, sport. And yeah. if your parents or your community doesn't believe in, um, you know, the beauty of sports, they're not going to invest in you. So um, I definitely like, obviously, you know, it, it just, everyone has different perspective on, you know, when they start up a basketball league, whether that's for uh, for profit or nonprofit, but I wanted to put that out there, like just be mindful or how can, you still include, you know, all those people that are having financial burden um, into the into the sport organization because that becomes an exclusion reason as to why, um, specifically maybe for girls, like why the dropout rate is lower, you know, compared to boys. Um, I just wanted yeah. to put that out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, like like now is it now now is a great time to just to you know for people to really look closer at the non at the nonprofit model and you know, and, and realize that it actually might, it actually could be better uh, doing that model now than for profit, because, you know, I, you know, I, I really don't need to explain how, uh, how COVID has been, has, has been uh, really detrimental to, uh, to, to people's lives, the economy, don't get me started, don't get me started on small businesses, but, yep. you know, have it, but, you know, having that nonprofit outlets, uh, like your, like your, like your league is sort is, it uh, can be, you know, a, a, a sort of a breath of fresh air for parents. Like, you know, like, an, like a, a sport that's a, that's, that's a, that's affordable that, you know, empower, empowers, empowers people that are in, that are in the league 
you know, it, you know, it, it's, it's gonna, you know, that formula is gonna, is gonna work, is gonna work every time then, you know, then, then, you know, a for-profit model where you, where you may, where you might be playing hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to participate in sport. And, you know, looking at the economic landscape, people might not have that money now. So again, just having that nonprofit model is going to be so beneficial for those in the lower and in, in, you know, in the middle to lower income bracket to, you know, get involved in sport, get involved in sport and, uh, and, you know, at the very least create, you know, a healthy, active lifestyle. Um, we've, uh, we, as we reach the tail end of the show, uh, again, Fitria, thank you so much for, for coming, for coming on to the show and, uh, and Bernsey, uh, thanks so much for co-host for co-hosting man. Um, as is tradition on, uh, on the, sh on the show, we like to give the guest, uh, the last, the last word, um, uh, to, to close out, to close out each episode. So, you know, you, so it's a time to say what's on your mind, maybe, maybe share, you know, what impact would you like the league to have, you know, five years down the line, anything like that. So Fitria, thanks again for joining the show and the floor is yours. Mm, again, thank you so much for having me. Um, bigger picture. Um, I definitely want the league to succeed in Toronto and um, inspire just literally female hoopers around the globe. Um, they don't have to be um, Muslim or even regardless of its gender, like just encourage and also um, male to respect our game. Like, um, I feel like that's, uh, that's a big, like, it's such a underestimated statement, but like, yeah, if the male could respect our game, like, um, maybe that, you know, the gender wage gap will go up, like what, so don't, you have a role to play as well. And I definitely want to use basketball and, um, go back to the motherland to Oromir, Ethiopia and introduce basketball to them. And, um, just inspire them and show them what sport could do for them and change narrative down there too but um I guess in short like I definitely want to uh complete my master's as soon as I can and fully focus on one project which is the league at the moment and um yeah and then advice for SPIMA students at the moment literally just keep grinding and volunteer as much as you can because um volunteering is I know you probably heard it so many times already from your SPEMA profs, but it's one of those things that like stuck with me and I volunteer as much as I could. And although um, I didn't end up going into like um, the, I guess the spaces that I volunteered at, but it gave me an idea of like the confidence that I needed that I could actually do this because I volunteered as a merchandise person, you know, I volunteered as a fans ex fan experience. So just like, just Definitely. putting these little things in your resume, it just makes you look more valuable, even when you're applying for sport-related, um, you know, careers. So, Definitely. yeah. Other than that, like, don't don't be discouraged and look like a schema props are there to support you. Like, set up a meeting with them and talk to them, and they'll definitely connect you to someone that's in the field. Other than that, um, shout out to you too. Thank you so much again for holding it down and um, allowing me to come on here and share my experience and. Yeah, that's that's it for me. <laughs> Lutria, it's been a pleasure. Thanks again. Yeah, Thanks, thank you James so much. Boy. Have a good one. Another amazing episode in the books, as per usual. Uh, before we end this episode off, I first want to give a huge shout out to our guest this week, Fitria Mohammed. Uh, her story is just incredible. From uh, coming over to Canada at the age of ten to, you know, uh, developing a passion for sport and basketball, uh, to forming a uh, a whole league. 
uh, all while balancing that with her mass with her master's studies, the her the passion um, for 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 basketball and you know what she does in the industry is apparent, and you know it's only fair that she's been receiving all this attention from the Trial Star, CBC, and Nike among others. So I have no doubt that this that that league is going to succeed uh five years maybe uh probably more than that down the line so thanks again to fitria for coming on another huge shout out to our special guest co-host uh, this week patrick byrne one of our first year reps on spima council uh you're great to have burnsy you're great to have on uh, i tell you um uh you weren't kidding when you said when uh, you said you were fired up to receive the invite so uh great to see your enthusiasm on the show and uh it once again it was a pleasure having uh you alongside myself to to host this episode but until next time uh that does it for season two episode 14 of the spuma council podcast have a wonderful day stay classy and god bless we'll see you guys soon cheers folks